Hey, what's up, family?、Um, thanks for listening.、Um, this next episode is quite a hilarious one.、Um, I sat down at the Bruin Forum last、um, April with Sachem Hawkstorm of the Scattercoke First Nations in、uh, Upper State, New York,、uh, for Radio Kingston.、Um, I've known the Hawkstorm for, for a while now, a couple years, and we're good friends. and... I love sitting down with them and sharing thoughts, sharing our, our truths, sharing our, our visions and everything else.、Um, so we sat down about climate change,、um, what, why I did things, why we do things,、um, our perception of a lot of things actually.、Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy it. This is the Goma Luku Podcast. We're listening to Beyond the Seventh Fire. I'm your host, Sachem Hawk Storm. And today we have a very special guest, one of my mentors through the United Nations Permanent Forum on Indigenous Issues, Ghazali. And so I'm going to have him introduce himself because he's here talking to me. Really? I'm one of your mentors? You are. Oh, that, 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 <laughs> oh, now he's crying. Look at this. No. <laughs> You're making me blush. <laughs> I got tropical blood and I'm brown, but you, still, you can see me, me blushing.、Um, no, so my name is Ghazali Ohorela.、Um, I'm from Maluku. So, those of you that don't know where Maluku is, and I don't blame you,、um, it's a 999 archipelago、um, right between、uh, Australia and the Philippines. Uh, we have 2.2 million Indian peoples walking on our islands and currently occupied by Indonesia. And even though we're occupied by Indonesia, we're not actually Asian. We're actually Pacific Islander people.、Uh, to be、um, accurate,、uh, we are of the Melanesian race.、Mm. So you have the Polynesians, like the Maori and the Hawaiians. And the Melanesians are like the dark people.、Um, like the More melanin. Yeah, like black, right? That's a good way to remember it, though. I mean, you have more melanin. Melon? Melanin? Melanin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, yeah that could probably be it. Melanesian. Yeah, but like the, the, they call it Melanesia because it's Melas and Nesos. Nesos, Melas is black.、Uh-huh. And Nesos is islands in Latin or Greek? I don't know. Should, I should probably Google it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, you get, you're in front of all these indigenous women. They、right. want you to sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, that, was a, that was a good one, good one to start with. Yeah, so, so they made me sing. <laughs> so, maybe they, they made me sing our national anthem. Oh,、yeah. well, they made me sing, and I sang our national anthem. Right.、Um, so, yeah, if, if ever there's a song that I am comfortable singing, apart from Kumbaya, it's. <laughs> It's our national anthem, in all seriousness. Yeah. Yeah. Because it really signifies like, the, the, the history of our nation, and not a history of a nation, but the history of our peoples, and has a very deep meaning、uh, with our peoples. Excellent. Now, you're an island people. Yeah. You know, and a lot of islands.、Um, and、uh, let me, before I get into climate change and stuff sure, like that, that I really、sure. want to nail you with.、Um, Yeah, I mean, you are 
a mentor to me. And when I say that, you know, Ghazali's been in the UN since he was in diapers. You know, well, literally maybe. in diapers. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he grew I still up. Am, in, actually, he still is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I got to I got to meet meet you seven years ago. Um, was it seven years ago? It's been it's wow. been 2012, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and it, you know, I learned so much from you and. And um, you know you're you're an international lawyer now. Um, you've been with Tribal Link for gosh, I don't even know how many years. Um, well, the the story of me being in diapers at the UN that's actually accurate. Um, my mom took me to the UN when I was a little kid. Actually, I got introduced to the UN by my mom. I got I fell in love with the work of fighting for indigenous rights. Um, because of my mom, uh, she was the head of a, a a movement of our peoples, and while I was like like a toddler, I guess uh, she took me to the UN. Um, I it didn't even compute what was going on. Um, when I was nine, up until probably thirteen or fourteen, I it started to like sink in what was going on. Only when I was fifteen or sixteen, I really appreciated what she was doing and what the movement was doing. Uh, all those Indigenous peoples um, at the United Nations in Geneva and in New York trying to fight for their rights, fight for like a, a basic like basic dignity, right? And actually that's why up until that point, the only thing I wanted to do is to become an architect. So An architect. You an wanted, architect. What? Yes. Design buildings. Design buildings, yes. Yeah, I know. Like I... You, you <laughs> I wow. wanted to. I wanted to design buildings. Right. Uh, I, I I loved drawing. I loved designing things. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to become an architect. But uh, only up until that point, when I was sixteen, I was like, you know what? I want to help the movement. So I switched from uh, wanting to study to to become an architect to study law. So I. I signed up for a law school, and yeah, that, after that was one big blur, law school. Um, and that was actually, yeah, that, 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 that's all she wrote. So that, that's how, how I started to really participate in the, in the uh, UN system. I actually got a call in my hotel room. Oh, hold on. Let's let's <laughs> hold on. We we have to pause for a second. <laughs> oh, I'm so to sorry. That's is random, as in like <laughs> that was Pam, Pam. So Pam, Pamela Kraft is um, the head of uh, the executive director of Tribaling Foundation. So that's the lady I was just, just now talking to on the phone. I think it's you're still talking to her. No, it's actually all right. Well, most of that stuff can get cut out anyway, so that's all right. Really. We could keep it. Oh, I might mean, keep it in. Like keep I, it. Like keep the flow. You know. Yeah. We'll just keep the flow. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, I don't. Know, what what was I talking about? So now you're a lawyer. Oh, um. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um. Even though like I, I did the whole law school thing, I do not consider myself as like as a lawyer because mm -hmm. I'm more of a of an. Yeah, you can call it an activist, but like, I just don't want to do the work. Like go, going to law school, it helped. Uh, like getting all the, to know how how laws work, how 
how uh, how you draft laws, how they how you implement them. But most of what I know right now and how I can apply um, basically it's like human rights and politics and everything else, I did not learn at law school. Right. So like I could say like yes, I'm a lawyer, but I'm not. Like ninety percent like, of it's like hands on dealing with absolutely, the people. Absolutely. Like and 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 here's the thing, like if ever there's if people are listening out there and that like want to learn something from from what I'm saying is that and like hey, there's a lot of Indian peoples Indian youth as well that that listen to whenever I'm speaking or like I'm doing a presentation or whatever, and they're like, oh, I want to study law because I want to do the same thing like you. Uh, the immediate what I immediately say is, you don't have to go to law school to fight for the rights of Indian peoples. You don't have to do that. As long, as long as you have the mentality, you have the mind, mindset. If you really want to do the work, that's all that's required. You know, like and like going to law school helps. Like if if it, you don't need to go to law school just because that piece of paper would help you, because that piece of paper might help you to a certain extent. But what's what gets you going like further than that piece of paper is the the intent. Like I want to help indigenous peoples. That 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 is what's more important than a piece of paper. It's just a perspective, you know. Like there are other people, people and lawyers out there that 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 think differently, and I respect that. Um, but this is just my perspective on on uh, on that. Like, so sorry, like to to um, to talk talk about that. Like, no, it's you, all right. I mean, lawyer, I knocked you down a little bit I, I, in my mind. You know, I, I had you way up here. <laughs> But um, but anyway, yeah. So, sure, yeah. yeah. You know, so uh, your your advocacy. I mean, you're all over the place in in the advocacy in in fighting for indigenous rights. You're in Geneva. You're you're at the UN in New York City. Um, you're you're visiting countries all over the place except for your own. Yes, unfortunately, Why is that. Oh, that 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 is a very long story. Um, but we do have time. <laughs> <laughs> um, a long story short. So, like like I said, we have two point two million these people on our, living on our islands, except for you, except for me. So, like, um, we were colonized by the Dutch for three, over three hundred years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were decolonized. Well, the Dutch left our islands uh, in nineteen fifty. Uh, when they left, they told the people that were in. They called the Dutch East Indies, so that's their colony. All right, uh, we're leaving right now, so um, what do you want to do? Do you want to go into the United States of Indonesia, or do you want to become independent? So what we said, or what our, nation, what our indigenous people said, that we want to um, gain our independence because we don't think that the United States of Indonesia can uh, safeguard our rights as peoples. Um, because we saw that there was a certain politician um, in Jakarta, which is now the capital of Indonesia, and he wanted to like invade all those islands and to declare a republic of Indonesia. So not even the United States, but a republic. So we were afraid uh, that 
we were not able to survive as a peoples. Mind you, so, so the Dutch just said, we're going to leave the islands. They had an army to, to protect those islands, the, the, that colony. A lot of our native people, uh, native men, were actually fighting for the Dutch in the army because um, wages were very low, like artificially low on our islands. So people, even to be able to provide for the families, they had to go into to fight for the Dutch, to work for the Dutch people, because that was like, like to have a, like a decent wage or a salary. So you had like uh, almost... Because they'd just been colonized for so long and, and they couldn't just go back to... to well, that too. No, well, he, he, here's the thing. So, um, so the, the, this politician called Sukarno, he asked the Dutch, well, I want to actually invade... Well, I'm paraphrasing, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to invade those islands because I want to create my own state. But those islands have their own army. You didn't even have to do that with a Dutch accent. Oh uh, no! No, don't. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, no. like <laughs> I'm just, uh, just trying to illustrate that that um, that he asked the Dutch to uh, remove the 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 soldiers from the islands, or like right. not not prevent them from defending our islands. So, um, what the Dutch did. So they gave an order, uh, like a final order before they, the Dutch moved away to those 15,000 soldiers. Um, go on boats and we'll take you to Holland. So it's not just the soldiers, but the families as well. And the families were like seven plus children. So like husband, wife, and at least five or seven or nine children. Put them on boats. And it shipped them all to Holland. It took them two years to ship 15,000 um, soldiers with their families to Holland. Wow. Um, the tragic thing is it was up to the captains of the boats, of the ships, to determine how many people were allowed on that boat, on that ship. So a family of nine, a captain could, could, was, was allowed to say, like, I will only allow five children to go on, on, on board. And you have to leave behind four, three or four. So, like, if you, I don't know if you know the, if you remember the, the movie Sophie's Choice. So that like, people had to leave their children behind. Some families of our, my, my, of my peoples had to leave their children behind. So they, so that was in 1950. So the Second World War just ended. So they shipped in this 15,000 soldiers with the families to Rotterdam, which is in a harbor city in, in Holland. You have approximately 60 Nazi camps, concentration camps in Holland. Second World War just ended, so the, the Germans left through the front door, and the Dutch, they put our, our people in through the back door. The Dutch people didn't know for six months that there were actually people from the islands in their country. Because the Dutch government, like they kept this a secret. Once all these, uh, once these soldiers uh, were um, were on Dutch soil, they were given a piece of paper. You're hereby relieved from duty. Meaning, the Dutch government no longer has responsibility over you as a soldier to, of the, the Dutch army. 
Um, so they promised that they would be able to stay. Well, they would, uh, they would send them back after six months because mind, still that politician in, in Indonesia was invading our islands and our islands were like defenseless because we just replicated our, our, our republic as a, as a sovereign nation. But we didn't have anything. Uh, they had soldiers to defend ourselves with. Yeah. Six months turned into 16 months, six years. And now we have a, a community of approximately 75,000 natives, Maluku natives living in Holland, um, still waiting for it to be able to go back. So I'm unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but I am a product of that. Right. Um, so like just to, to tag on what you said, like you travel all around the world to all these great countries except for your own. That's why I cannot go back because um, I'm fighting for the rights of my peoples. Um, has put me on a blacklist. Um, I didn't do anything crazy. I didn't do anything uh, that, that undermines a, a nation as uh, like Indonesia. I just like Hawaii said, well, this is the human rights situation on our islands. Um, and you, you're responsible for that. Um, I got to know that I was on a blacklist when my family on the island started calling me up. Like, they're asking for you. Like, um, they're har- they were harassing my family. Oh, they actually went and searched for you with uh, they, your family? Or? A, well, um, they didn't search for me, but they were, like, harassing my family. Right. Just to intimidate me. They were actually searching for my mom a couple of years before right here at the U.N., um, my mom, what my mom was a, is a political leader. Was a political leader. She passed away, unfortunately. Um, and she created a monster, like me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> a monster. Uh, yeah. Could you're be. you're a political leader now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think um, when it comes to fighting for Indian rights, we're all leaders. Well, we're, when you're fighting for rights, we're all leaders, not necessarily Indian rights. Um. Because we all want something better for not just for ourselves, but for other people as well. So that's why, like, we're all leaders. And yourself, you're a leader. Uh, people in Project Access, Tribal Link, a lot of people in the UN, they're all leaders because they're standing up for something that's bigger than them. Um, I truly believe that um, in the emergence of the, the resurgence of Indigenous peoples, not as a, as a violent overthrow, no, but like, it. The world right now, it needs the indigenous mentality. It needs the indigenous knowledge. It needs indigenous peoples to say like, hey, you guys, you guys are doing this wrong. Um, we've been doing this for like since millennia. Um, let's go, not go back, but let's learn from it. Let, let's build upon it. And I mean, we, got, we have something to say. You oh, know, definitely. That I, we, yeah. I mean, it's very apparent right now with all this climate change and everything that's, that's going on. You know, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. climate change has been happening, but it's accelerated at, a, at, a, at an astronomical rate due to due to the way that that uh, you know we're living on this planet right now. Yes, so it's there, there's, there's a lot of reasons out there. Of course, like there's a lot of reports out there that about like what the causes of climate change, but like the the big. The, I'm not looking not so much looking at I'm not so much looking at like the reasons uh what caused climate change 
but it's more important to look at like what can we do mm-hmm. to fight it what can we do to turn it around because um, it's the, the discussion right now around the world is like uh, climate change is not real like the climate has been changing forever like although those, those, those crazy crazy arguments that people are playing out in the, in the media and in, in the UN as well you know yeah. um, but what's more important is it's happening so right now let's, let's not bicker about like whose fault is it but let's start looking at what, what can we do so that our next generations have a can survive and thrive that they actually have a future you know and and that's um i think that, that that's very important and uh, f- from a, from a from an islander perspective i was going to say i mean you're going back to the islands and and uh seeing seeing it on the front lines it, it is it, it is devastating um I've I was in Tuvalu um, recently, and Tuvalu is a tiny island nation. Um, it has less than ten thousand people um, living on the islands, and right now, if the if we continue, if the world continues on doing what it does, that island that that nation will cease to exist in approximately fifty years. So an entire nation will go underwater in 50 years. That is, um, so, so that, that is just the tip of the iceberg. Like if Tuvalu goes, that means that it, it will cause a domino effect. So not just in the Pacific. We're on the front lines, yes. But in these peoples are actually on the front lines. We're living in so profound and intimate relationship with, with nature that... Um, it's not just the Pacific states, but also in these peoples from North America, the Arctic, Africa, uh, Russia, that are also like on the front lines of climate change. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's very devastating to to see already see the effects. You know, like if if you're there's there's a there's an airstrip on the biggest island of Funafu- mm-hmm. in the capital of Tuvalu, Funafuti. If you're sitting, if you're sitting on the, if you're sitting on the, ice, uh, the Atlantic Strip, and you look to the left, you can see the lagoon, and you look to the right, you can see the, the ocean. And, and and that is just to illustrate like how, and that's the, the widest point, of, an island nation, just to illustrate like how, um, real, climate change is, like it's not not just a. Uh, a fairy tale of something that's far away. No, like for some peoples, like the peoples of Tuvalu, it's real and it's not near. It's here. Yeah, I mean we're we're already past the tipping point in in a lot of ways. You know, um, what are some of the the um, avenues that you think would be good towards towards you know reversing? climate change or, or actually slowing it down. Um, and I know that, you know, we're having problems with forestry and, and, um, and there's so many other things that indigenous peoples have been discussing. Um, what, what are, what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, the most important thing is actually what we need to learn as a global community is that we need a different mentality. 
that that the mentality that has been serving people so far is that the 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 environment is there for us, whereas the environment is not there for us. We are part of the environment. We are part of it, and we need to take care of it. We start. We need to look at it like a relationship. You know, you need to have respect for the environment, um, have empathy for the environment, um, have a profound relationship with the environment. It sounds very crazy to a lot of people, um, but like we all have been in relationships once or twice or more. Some people, um, <laughs> that 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 we all know the feeling of like being in a relationship. And that feeling does we have with our cars, right? Like we're we're so so in love with our cars that Did we. Did you that just relate a, a, a you know a, a relationship and and then you went to to a relationship no, well, with no. your car? Well, people people actually people actually have a lot of yeah. Let's see see as a, as a relationship with a car actually as as well. You know that that, that, that they love their cars. Yeah. You know, but. You can love a car, but you can't love the tree that that's growing in your in your backyard. Yeah, you know that, that's so. That, that we need that, that the shift of mentality. That's that very important. Yeah, the the just the idea that people think that they're more. I mean, we're all made from the same stuff. You know, <laughs> we're literally all made from the same stuff. To so that to people to think that they're more. Uh, important or valuable than and anything else on the planet. I mean, we're not even actually contributing to what is sustaining life on this planet. <laughs> we are talking to Ghazali, a very dear friend of mine from uh, the United Nations uh, Permanent Forum on Indigenous Issues. And uh, we're going to have to take a break. All right. Welcome back. You're listening to Beyond the Seventh Fire. I am your host, H.M. Hawkstorm, and I'm here with Ghazali. How do you say your last name again? Ohorella. Ohorella. O-H-O-R-E-L-L-A. Yeah, right. I'm glad I didn't try that. Why? It's pretty and easy. I think I've actually. gotten it before. Like, you got it before, though. I did. Yeah. What, what changed? I don't know. You. You. Don't, you. you don't love me anymore. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you don't call, you don't write. Um, so yeah, before the break, we were we were getting into um, you know discussion on climate change and right. and its effect, especially on the front lines of uh, of the Pacific Islanders. Um, and but it's happening everywhere, and indigenous communities are on the front lines everywhere. Um, you know. One thing I I talk about on a local level is is the indigenous uh, reforestation of of our forest because um, during the uh, mining industry and the charcoal industry they completely wiped out all of our forests um, here on the east coast and you know throughout the United States and didn't replant them <laughs> so so all of the forests that we have. And and I'm talking to all of our tree huggers who would love to do something to save our forests. Um, it's not just about hugging Calling the tree. The tree huggers, seriously. <laughs> it's not just about <laughs> hugging the tree. And I love you, but um, it's not just about that. It's about actually reforesting our forests and actually working with our forests to to make them more um, biologically diverse. And 
when they when they did the um, the charcoal, they wiped out the trees, never replanted the trees. So the p- trees that are here are the resilience of the trees that were able to come back, but they are not the diversity that these forests once had. And what happens with climate change is the more diverse your forest is, the more it will be able to adapt higher, uh, more higher temperatures or lower temperatures or more severe storms. And right now, we're seeing forest fires that are ravaging acres and acres and acres of land. Um, and, and a lot of this is just due to the fact that we've destroyed these forests and haven't done anything really to repair what we've, the damage that we've done. Uh, yeah, like, like I said before, it's, um, we talk about biodiversity. Like, so the keyword being diversity, ecosystem, key, keyword being system. So there's a certain balance that the, that the, that nature has been been um, using actually. Like there is the balance between forests and deserted areas, uh, oceans and forests. You know, there's a balance. So if you disturb the balance, you know, it it tips over, right? So you need to make sure that you maintain that balance. So like you can take away trees at one point, but make sure that you plant trees at a at different point in the neighborhood as well, because Mother Nature, like she, she does everything with with a with intent, with a purpose, you know. And it's, um, for example, if you talk about but but about deforestation, uh, so um, in the Siberia, for example, like they're talking about putting forests in the permafrost, which means that the permafrost will cool, or not not cool, but 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 become warmer, and there's a very high uh, percentage of carbon dioxide in permafrost captured if that if the permafrost melts there's there will so much uh, carbon dioxide will go into the the atmosphere that that it, it will only exacerbate exacerbate um, cl- climate change so in the, in the, in North America like you need to talk about uh, reforestation and in Siberia need to think about keeping the permafrost cold. You know, so that, that is what I mean with, with keep maintaining the balance. Like right, make, make, right. Keeping in mind the biodiversity, keeping in mind the ecosystem, that it's, it's all with a certain purpose, with a certain intent. You know, it's, it's, we need to keep that in mind. Otherwise, like it's, and, and that's, that's a sad part as well, is that, that um, luckily the people are changing. Look at the youth. Like they're, 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 they're marching like, for a future. Like they deserve a future, right? We we put them on this planet, so we, the the, the least thing that we owe them, is is to give them a future uh, in which they can survive, right? Um, there's a, um, I, well, a couple of years ago when I was still a youth, so I was thinking about like thirty, not a couple of years ago, like a lot of years ago. Um, I was I was like, <laughs> quick. like okay. you look at my hairlines, like running away from my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was, I would think I was 12 or 13, and I was at the UN in Geneva, and then there was a guy that would want to like have the indigenous youth voice uh, in some exhib- uh, expose about um, downtown. So like, hey, can you help me out? I said, yeah, sure. Like, I didn't trust that guy actually because he was like not sincere. Like, you, sometimes like, you feel that like you're not sincere. 
So I went, in, I went anyway, like, you yeah, give him the benefit of the doubt. And I went in, I went to him with him downtown. He said, like, well, this is the area. So we have a less is more approach, which is like code for don't go too crazy. Um, but we want to, like, show that about the, the diversity of Indian peoples and the biodiversity and, and uh, like, show that we need to, uh, yeah, that we're also very sustainable. Like that, he was using all these these fancy buzzwords like sustainable biodiversity and everything. I, I didn't really trust him. I'm sorry about that, but that's hey, you can't blame me. It's colonialism. Um, <laughs> Go so, on. <laughs> uh, so I asked. Well, I gave I gave an idea. All right. Um, let's put in one corner a tree. So he he picked a he grabbed a, a pen and paper and wrote down a tree, wrote down a tree. So and well, what's your budget? Oh well, we have a little bit of budget. All right. Um, how about you rent a car? Uh, rent a car and put it in the other corner of the other room. So he's like writing it down. Car? What kind of car? Like, I don't care. A BMW or something. I don't care. As long as it's, if it's an expensive car, like you do something like that. All right. So we wrote it down. And the last thing it was is a Swiss Army pocket knife. So he's like, okay. Yeah, so so I I just switched into like a trying to like um, like make him like warm up to the idea, right? So like yeah, so uh, when people can walk in, they can t you give them the, the that that Swiss Army knife, and they can carve their names into the the, the bark of the tree. And he was like, yeah, yeah, great, yeah, that's a good idea. Like uh, that's a sustainable idea. Like 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 to uh, uh, appreciate nature. I said, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Right? So, but I, again, like, I just wanted to test him. Right? I just wanted to, like, sorry about that, but I like, wanted to, like, um, put him in, 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 his, in the corner, right? So, like, and then with the same pocket knife, they walk over to the car. And he just suddenly changed, like, what? Yeah. So, with the same, bar, with the same knife, they can carve their names in the hood of the car as well. Oh, absolutely. And he said, no. I said, Yeah. So and he said, no, no, you can't do that. It's like, why can't you do that? Because the car is expensive. Oh. So I'm like, oh, the car is expensive? So what about the tree then? <laughs> and he was like, and it was like end of conversation. I was like, well, I can't do this because like, like it's, um, and that's the mentality that we need to yeah. change. Like we need to um, acknowledge, uh, know what the value is of a tree, of the insects, of the animals, of Everything that is around us, you know, and maintain a balance of the ecosystem, maintain a biodiversity. We're using oceans like a toilet right now, whereas it is such a huge, uh, um, yeah, it, ha it has so many ecosystems in that. So there's still so much biodiversity within the oceans that, that we rely upon. And, and, but we're still using it as a toilet. And we were just talking about that, the biodiversity of the oceans today. Right, yeah. So there's, there's so within the UN system right now they're trying to uh, come up with a new uh, treaty actually to govern the um, the 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 oceans. So it's making sure that it's, uh, to fill those gaps because there's no there's no little to no governance of like to maintaining the biodiversity in the oceans. Things like that, you know, and that's it's um, you can create all these rules and regulations and treaties. But it starts and ends with the mentality. 
you know, like, and, and that's where in these people's comment. Like, we have been able to maintain that mentality for, since time immemorial. In this very essence, and this is just a, this is just a, uh, a perspective. Um, what we are doing, as in our mentality, is not necessarily indigenous. It's human. human. <laughs> it's just basic, <laughs> simple human mentality. Being a human being. Right. <laughs> the only thing is that these peoples have been able to maintain that since time immemorial. Uh, whereas, the re- quote unquote, the Western world has like gone off, gone off the path. They've, they've been separated from who they are. They've Absolutely. been separated yeah. from who they are. Like, I, you know, colonization has happened. You know, it goes back. You know, a lot. These, these, these people have been separated from their own indigeneity, like, years ago. Yeah, and, and, and that's okay, though. You know, it's, um, uh, development is okay. Like, evolving is okay. As long as you remember and respect Nature and who we are as who a we part are. Of it. Yes, that we are in that very essence. We are human. Yeah. Right, and we're not here as the 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 top of the pyramid. No, we're part of the system. It's not a triangle, but it's a circle. It's a it's a. We're all connected. Like indigenous peoples are the only the reason why uh, we have a very intimate and a profound relationship with nature is because we keep on observing it, and we we acknowledge that. Uh, everything is interrelated, connected, uh, dependent, you know, and then we look at things from a holistic point of view. So, uh, so what, hap- what happens in Connecticut very much has an effect on the islands in, Pacific, in the Pacific. Well, p- people have, will have a hard time like, like contemplating about, well, well, realizing that, but it is what it is because everything is connected with each other. Like whatever, the, the, it's like the ice caps in the Arctic will drown our, our, our islands, you know, will sink our islands. It's, it, it can be as macro and as micro as, as it is, but it, it doesn't have an effect and it, it's all related. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, don't even, <laughs> I don't even know where to go right now from there. You know... <laughs> Uh, everything know? we do affects everything else on this planet. Everything we do, you know, uh, we're all we're all intertwined. We're all related, and we have to go back to realizing that. You know, I can't. Why are we even thinking like in this day and age when we can when we can have all of these clean energy sources and everybody knows that we can do everything you know clean now. You know, in this day and age, why are we still? building fossil fuel infrastructure you're, you're asking I'm me i'm not asking you i'm like <laughs> it's a rhetorical question i know like I, I don't know like well i think i do know but then again i don't know because I, I, then i would be moving on assumptions you yeah. know like the only thing that i yeah. can do is like is have my own mentality uh, my own mindset of like um of Balance, biodiversity, uh, and reciprocity, and, and, and empathy with with the, with, uh, with the environment, and you know, and try to um, amplify that, you know, and and hopefully, like through things like through institutions like the United Nations, you know, like, like through um, networking with uh, peoples, so not just nations, but like 
people that are willing to listen to to what what is going on like that that's um i think at the very end it's the people actually that um the truth power lies with the people absolutely so um yeah i, I lost my train of thought there but so yeah so because we keep on lo- we keep on looking up right like like it's we we keep on going to the United Nations, and it's in the end like it, it, it is a club. It's well, it's it's a it's a gathering of states, and we want to influence the states. So it's a, it's natural that logical that we go to the United Nations. Um, but we underestimate the power of people, and we also underestimate our love for one another and our love for the planet, because it's. Right now, like, it's, it's not as sexy, you know? Like, you can't say, like, I love the planet. You can't say that. Whereas there's so, like, like a, such a stigma on it. Yeah. Not only on the planet, but also, like, the word love, right? Right. Um, but as soon as we start embracing that, like, being able to show that vulnerability, that, that we are vulnerable, and showing that vulnerability of, like, well, hey, um, we're not doing things right right now, but... Um, I'm on a journey right now to change it. It's my journey, um, and whatever other people do, it's what they do, right? But um, I, this is the truth. This my this is my truth. So I will keep on. I will do what's best for so that my children or my nephews have a have a world to live in um, when they grow up. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly it. You know. I look at my children, I look at other people's children, and and all the decisions being made for them without any consent from them. <laughs> you know, we have uh, right down the street from us, you know, our stations here in Kingston, you know, right down the street from us down in Dover, um, they're, they're building a 1,100 megawatt fracked gas power plant. What? And so, I mean, here's the thing. We have... We, in New York, have claimed that we are against fracking, and yet New York is one of the largest importers of frack gas infrastructure. So, to me, you know, I, I, it just, you know, you're, you're promoting other states to, to frack, so then, to me, that tells me that you're not against fracking. And, and you know, how, how am I going to be able to tell my children that I stood by and allowed these fossil fuel companies to pollute the air that they breathe and you know this these pollutants that that are well known from frack gas power plants are going to be in a 35 mile radius of of this or 30 you know 33 35 you know, you can argue with me, whatever, but mm-hmm. but it's going to be in a, in that radius. Everybody in that radius is going to be affected by this, and our reservation is literally in a straight line, a mile and a half away from this thing. So nobody contacted us about free prior informed consent. You know, according to the United Nations Rights of Indigenous Peoples, that was signed by every head of state, including the United States. <laughs> Yes. You know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what was mind-boggling to me? 
is that um, we all we all have an have the obligation responsibility to do something about about this like to stand up against things that have been proven to not to be sustainable that that have been proven to um to um affect our livelihoods and our and our and our health of not just you and me but like the entire uh, community and the sad thing is is that is that like even though it might seem like a very lonely journey but you have to do it like if you if you're not doing it somebody else will see will say like oh he's not doing it uh, so i don't have to do it either and if we keep on repeating that if, if people keep on looking to each other actually to for some enablement of, of uh, on that it's then humanity might as well can pack it in because like we all have a responsibility for our own we, like like i said before we are leaders in the in its very essence we are all leaders of our own life so in that sense like you have the responsibility to lead and to uh fight for something that's um yeah that that, that is to leave something behind, right? Like you want, like want to make an impact. Everybody wants to make an impact. Everybody wants to be valued in some, at some point uh, for, for what he, she is or what he, she or, he or she does. You know, and um, things like leaving a planet for the next generation, it's, like, it's the least we can do. It's the, like, it's the least we can do. Really? <laughs> right? Really? It's not that hard, though. It's, it's not, not that, that hard. hard. You know, like it's 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 leave it, leave it better than when you got it. The <laughs> thing the thing is, like like I said before, it's like, like it's, clean it's, the it's, clean, it's, clean the room before you leave. Right? You know, no, just, no. Just leave it the way you found it. At least, Absolutely. at the very least. At, leave well, it the way uh, yeah, leave it, uh, at the very least. Leave it as I found it. Or leave it in a better shape than you found it. Right. For the for for the next ones, right? Right. And the the the, the funny thing is, this is this is not rocket science. This is common sense. Right. If you look, you don't have to you have to think long and hard about it. It's common sense. Absolutely. Like think like indigenous peoples. Like we, the only thing that 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 we that we use actually to convince other people, other states in a sense, uh, in a UN context, is is our rights because um, our rights to um, to enforce our not enforce but it, it's to support. Things like common sense. Unfortunately, like numbers right now is like the religion of the world. Yeah, like it has to be. It has to be. We need to be able to make a profit for us to be um, building. I don't know windmills or. And 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 you know the thing is like there there have new research on this that is also showing that it's more profitable to go green in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and, and there is no bridging fuel from, you know, a lot, we have these people that are against nuclear energy. There is no such thing as a bridging fuel to clean energy that you either go clean or you don't. And well, well, let me ask you this. Like what, what, what's the use of having like millions of dollars on your bank account? If you don't have a plan, if you don't have a planet to live on. Well, you have to be able to buy the gas mess. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Right. Cause there's and no. And earmuffs. Right. <laughs> 
you know, we, <laughs> those bio suits don't come free, you know. No, no, of course not. <laughs> no, but it, like, the, the thing is... And, and Monsanto's got our food covered, so don't worry about that. <laughs> no, it, just, the, the, thing, the thing is, is that um, why do we always have to measure sustainability with numbers? Why do we have to measure everything with numbers? What, let's use them. Let's measure it by um, fulfillment, well-being, love, things, love, things like that. Yeah. Like, isn't that the bigger, a better measure, things to measure with? I mean, I think so. I, I, <laughs> but most people believe, you know, what they hear instead of think. Well, it's it's still the mindset. Yeah. And like everything needs to be able to trans you need to be able to translate it into like um through monetary means. Like, like so like like translate to money. Like numbers is like re- literally the religion of the world right now. Well it's like economy. Yeah. Like economy or economy. Or eco. Yeah. Or yeah. Eco. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like <bold. laughs> eco system. Economy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. But anyway, um, Ghazali, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the radio with me. I know you're a very busy man. You're doing some wonderful things. I'm, I, I always look forward to hearing what you have to say. Um, and I know we joke around a lot, but this is like, the, these are real serious topics, you know. And people, you know, we, knew, we need to think about everyone living together on this planet you know, for the good of our next seven generations down the road, you know, and what are we doing to help make that happen better? You know, and, and so, you know, my, my choice is to, is to do what I can. And I'm here and, and I'm learning every time I come here and I, I learn something new that I can try to bring home. Right. You know, to, to, to the to our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. <laughs> to our people. No, no absolutely. It, it's a it's a it's a journey that we're on, right? And I I know for certain that I have a vision or I have an idea or I have a belief that um that I might not see the end of it as in like it's it's a so, such a big hairy audacious goal that I might not see the end of it, but I do love the process. <sighs> I do love uh, talking with, uh, empowering each other, inspiring each other. Like, just not Indian peoples amongst each other, but like peoples, humans, right? Like, we're all humans. Yes. If you're listening, you're human. Congratulations. You're alive. <laughs> you made it. You made it, right? <laughs> you yeah. were the strong one. <laughs> right. Yeah. You did the backstroke. <laughs> but, you know, it's so, um, it, it's, it's um, yeah. Lost my train of thought again, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is it is the human condition. I mean, uh, we all have to be here, and and we all need a planet to be on, and and there is no planet B. Oh no, definitely not. You want to go to Mars? I, I mean, to visit. <laughs> it seems a little hot. Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, sounds like it. Oh, well, yeah, no, yeah, no, you're we'll absolutely probably right. screw that one up too. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, we'll start absolutely. traveling across space like locusts. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just... Elon Musk, if you're listening, uh, don't do it. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> we'll we'll probably mess it up as well. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed documenting the work. Um, so please subscribe to this podcast and share it. 
And if you want to continue the conversation, you can drop me a line on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And let me know what you think. Have a great day.